Hi everyone, this is Alex from Hunshot First and Quotes from Springfield here to introduce our lost episode. Scott, myself, and two surprise guests recorded this episode about two or three years ago and we kind of forgot about it. We talk at length about our top 10 role-playing games, so this episode is split up into two parts. And now, without further ado, here is part one of our lost episode. This is the Hans Shot First Podcast. They don't know it, I'm telling you. We'll be talking in-depth about common movie moments from my dead body. With the mix of all things pop culture along the way. Yeah, all Scott. Okay. Welcome everybody to Hans Shot First. I'm Scott, joined as usual by Alex. Say hello, Alex. Hey, everybody. So, yeah, so Jeff is on assignment doing <laughs> important podcast things. Field work. <laughs> yeah. Drink, drinking. We got a top, top man, center top man out to do that thing that we needed for the podcast. So in his mm-hmm. place, uh, we have some special guests here. Uh, so we have uh, friends of the podcast, uh, starting with a uh, guy who's been on before, uh, Mike. Say hello. Hello. All right. And we have <laughs> we have super special guest all the way from the East Coast, but oh, yeah. not really. Uh, Damien, say hello. Hello, everyone. All right. So. Uh, happy Labor Day. Yeah. Happy, happy belated Labor Day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, I just realized I'm probably going to have to edit this on Labor Day, thus defeating the whole purpose of Labor Day. Wah, wah. Anyway. That's a crime. Uh, that's, a yeah, fed, that's a federal mandate. You can't yeah. just take Labor Day start yeah. working. I'm going to be the, – the, the man's coming for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, for this week, we're doing something a little different, um, as we occasionally do. Uh, we're going to do a top ten list rather than our, our seven and then a side list to go along with it. Um you may or may not know this about us, but uh, some of us are video game nerds. Uh, so we're we're what? gonna we're gonna hop in the wayback machine for for a lot of this, I'm sure. And uh, the four of us are gonna talk about our f- top ten <laughs> RPGs, top ten role playing games. Uh, I'm guessing it's gonna be all video games, but we will see as as we get the list going here. Um, so before we start. Uh, just want to make a couple predictions here. Um, besides pain, um, right? <laughs> That's a given. Yeah. So I'm guessing I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna predict the the producer of these games because I think that's gonna be pretty obvious. But uh, I will say something else that's gonna be obvious in that I'm guessing the overwhelming uh, majority of the the titles we're about to mention uh, were SNES titles. <laughs> I think that's that's going to be a no-brainer. I think we all from the from the the golden age of gaming, and we grew up on it. Uh, so that's that's testing. where testing we make What's our the hay, level like. Testing. Um, hey, all right. Hey, <laughs> why don't we go down by the bay? We just may. <laughs> just may <laughs> make things out of clay. Yeah. So just uh, to give a little bit of uh, video game background for everybody, what what was the, the primary system systems that people grew up with, uh, starting with you, Alex? 
Uh, well, I grew up with the Nintendo and then moved on to the TurboGrafx-16. Oh, and then, fantastic. Yeah. And then the uh, SNES, uh, PlayStation, uh, PS2, Xbox 360, PS3, Xbox One, and PS4. In order. We get it. You're rich. Okay. <laughs> so that's <laughs> what you all grew up with? Be seven uh, yeah. 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 To be yeah, fair, my... Santa Claus brought me some of those. And a couple of them, well, one of them at least, I won in a raffle. So That is true. Oh, that's awesome. Dude, also, yeah. Mike, Mike, Mike brings up a good point. Uh, the, the question was, what did you grow up with? But... Uh, Oh, oh, I didn't. Well, we'll accept, we'll accept that, you've, that you have all those, but you're familiar with all those, so that's good. Yeah, I did. I did not grow up. Okay. <laughs> all right. Uh, what about you, Damien? Would you cut your teeth on? Um. Well, for me, uh, Damien. Oh no, we lost, we lost he, him, sir. No, I'm just kidding. I'm here. I was deep in thought about that great question. <laughs> I, was, I was so stuck. I was so shocked by the obvious question I was about to receive that I was speechless. Dave, Damien was like <laughs> debating whether or not he should tell us that his first system was a 3DO. <laughs> <laughs> My first and only system was a 3DO. Yeah. It's all of the games that all the gaming needs. Um, no, uh, perhaps uh, more embarrassingly because of how far back it goes, I would say my first system was probably a ColecoVision. Okay. Oh, there was a kid in my neighborhood that had one of those. Yeah. Yeah. And now he's dead. Yes. He might be. He's turned <laughs> to dust. He might. He might be. I don't know. It's uh, very possible. So that was a fun time, but there really wasn't. That was not a golden age of RPG. So I don't think I'll be able to pull too many from my time on the ColecoVision. <laughs> the ColecoVision. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> don't know if Pitfall really counts. We'll see. But um, <laughs> then, but the majority of it was, of course. Uh, Following that, when the Super when the uh, Nintendo came out, I also was a, a big TurboGrafx fan. So it's cool to hear that someone else actually had one. <laughs> I don't know oh, too yeah. many people, but basically anything and everything. Uh, Genesis, Super Nintendo, um, in the heyday of uh, of gaming, then PlayStation, PlayStation Two, uh, Xbox, um, you know, up to three hundred and sixty, Xbox One, um, PS Four. So, uh, pretty much everything as it as it came out, I kind of grew up with. Uh, but yes, to stay on uh, closer to the actual question, uh, I would say probably the sixty bit era would be what I consider myself growing up with more than anything. So that late mm-hmm. like eight uh, bit, early sixteen bit console era. All right, and Mike, I I'm just gonna do what I grew up with. We were given a rusty old Atari. 2600 before it was called that the wood panel kind with the metal switches <laughs> yeah. oh beautiful yeah. that was for some for someone yeah i was like five that was amazing then we moved and we couldn't afford shit so when everyone was getting nintendos we got an atari 7800 which was like less than half the cost <laughs> <laughs> was that, that the black wedge yeah, yeah, it was oh, the, I had that too. the medium sized one because like the tiny yeah. one was the repackaged twenty six hundred. The huge one was the fifty two hundred. Mm-hmm. The seventy hundred was not bad. Mm. I mean, it was still Atari style, but it was slightly better. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, but then, thank God, we eventually got the NES, and then I got into gaming for real. And so, 
the, the really the growing up, what I spent the most time with as a kid was both the NES and Super Nintendo, but friends and relatives had ColecoVision, nice. Intellivision, uh, Sega Master System. That Damn. was rare. And yeah. of course, oh, Sega, I know. I Sega only Genesis. played one of those once. Yeah. It had the cool light gun was, oh, in my was, opinion, was way cooler than the Nintendo gun. one. Yeah. yeah. 3D yeah. glasses. <laughs> you <Yeah>. did? Yeah. <laughs> oh, but I that's right. That. They even had a system. W- w- that highlighted the 3D glasses and came with one game because that was probably the only game that supported <laughs> so 3D, just like just like Rad game. Racer on Nintendo. I think it was like Zillion or something. Oh yeah, Zillion. Okay. Yeah, but it was the, the, the I remember the box with the 3D glasses. It was really 1988 Rad. <laughs> <laughs> Semi yeah, Angel Rad. <laughs> Gleam the Cube Red. No, well, not oh. that red. Oh, uh, yeah. About hey, that, that took place in Garden Grove. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, uh, and then for me personally, um, so yeah, I Nintendo to Super Nintendo to a 64. Uh, never had any of the Sega stuff. Um, yeah, although I, I, would, I would like to point out that Mike is the only person I know that ever owned a uh, Virtual Boy. Oh wow. yeah. Well, I got it as an adult. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't get it when it was new. Okay. I didn't quite remember the timeline on that. Yeah. Uh, I don't think yeah. I'm allowed to sell those to children. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised you could still see, Mike. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They were. Was yeah allowed to sell to children or adults? <laughs> I can see where they failed on that one. <laughs> I say it's 2020. And not after not, playing the games. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Son of a bitch, you beat me to it. Uh, okay, so there are yeah, I, I, yeah. Super Nintendo is the the one though that I uh, started playing the RPGs on. Um, so yeah, let's let's get into this. Uh, my number ten, I'm actually going something a lot more modern. Um, something that actually just came out again, sort of. Um, that's World of Warcraft. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, you jerks! <laughs> so, so as a um, uh, like an RPG compared to everything else on the list is you know what I look for in RPG. It's missing a lot of that, but there were a, <laughs> there were a ton of like like kind of fuck yeah moments that I had playing that over the years. <laughs> um, met met and made real friends in real life uh, because of that game. Um, there was some really cool shit in it at, at points. Um, and I, I just can't not have it on this list because I played so much of this. I put so much time into it. Um, I know Alex dabbled in it like a little bit. Um, I think Mike, you you tried it I, out. I, I played for a whole year. You did okay. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Damon, I know you're like a grandmaster. <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> I, I played enough to unlock one of the uh, character portraits in Hearthstone. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. I had to play for like 10 levels to get a paladin character <laughs> um, unlocked. Then, uh, then I put it down and haven't had a chance to get back to it. Okay. But yeah, just recently they re-released Classic and as we're all slaves to nostalgia, at least I'm, I fully admit that I am at any rate. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying it. Like It just came out, so I don't know, maybe a week from now I'll hate it. But uh, it's fun to, to go back and, and have this thing that was like kind of ridiculous, uh, but in a good way. Uh, but yeah, just mm-hmm. real life friends and some of the really cool shit that came out like toward the end game and then in the first expansion uh, has it, it has it high enough for me to go to ten. Um, so Alex, what is your number ten? My number ten is a very 
well, obscure game, I guess, because I'd never heard of it. And I believe I rented it and then I beat it. Really, it was a very easy RPG. And this is my number 10 because it's Lufia, by the way, oh, for the Super Nintendo. Nice. <clears throat> okay. And this is my number 10 because it's the first time I ever maxed out uh, at 99 level, level 99 on all my party in an RPG. And that was because I was in a <laughs> in a dungeon and I was like, hey, I wonder what this item does. And what it does is that every step you fight a monster, <laughs> you get an encounter. <laughs> so it's like for like a hundred, a hundred steps. I had a hundred battles in a row with these really tough monsters. And that just I just breezed through the game right after that. OK, not not Lufia <laughs> 2. I'm surprised. Oh, wait. Maybe it was Lufia 2. I can't remember. It wasn't Ri- <laughs> Rise of the Sinistrals. Okay, that's two. Okay, yeah. Then, yeah, it was the first one. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I never did play that one. Gotta miss it's that I. one somehow. I yeah. rented Lufia 1, and it was it, it was pretty cool. But I, I only rented it. I remember, I remember, Scott, when you got Lufia 2, and you were just speaking so highly of it, I was like, yeah, I'm going to play it. And then I never did. <laughs> I'm that influential. Yes, to inspire <laughs> not just not action. just in the podcast, but you know, my, my friends in real life outside of this thing. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, well, we Mike, you were just talking about Lufia. Perhaps that's your number ten. Let's find out. Fill up one of your wild wild card it's slots. A, it's not. Oh, <laughs> uh, my list. Uh, geez. Okay. Whatever. You know, I, I, I spent all of five minutes on this and I, I know I'm forgetting some things, but my number 10 Xenoblade Chronicles X. It was only on the Wii U. So 300,000 <laughs> people ever played it. <laughs> okay. Uh, it was, uh, a follow up to the first Xenoblade, not, not actually related, but it was more, it was much more like, uh, it was much more like you're playing an MMO mostly by yourself you could interact with other people sort of anyway regardless of Mm. that that was uh, a tremendous open world experience and before i knew it i had sunk 350 hours into it wow dang then i had my dad play it and he put he did like 400 hours (laughs) (laughs) i do do know your, your dad putting in like an ungodly amount of time on the original diablo (laughs) <laughs> and then World of Warcraft. That's what got him off Diablo. That's <laughs> Warcraft. Oh, man. Blizzard really has number. Man, yeah. I really got to get off this heroin. Here, try some cocaine. <laughs> chasing, chasing the dragon. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, I mean, not... I mean, a different Xenoblade game might be further down the list, but uh, has anybody played the, the most recent one? Yeah. Which is Xenoblade Chronicles 2? Yeah. Believe yeah. so. I know, I know, I might, I've nope. seen Mike pop up every once in a while when I'm playing on the Switch. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, uh, but mm. Alex, you probably haven't played it. Uh, I have not. I don't okay. have a Switch. Oh, yeah. And Damien? Somebody I send me. Not, no, if any, if any of you are real fans, send a Switch to Hanshot First at P.O. Box uh, 42. <laughs> That's as high as they go. We check. Yep. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I mean, now somebody uh, actually has that PO box. They're gonna, they're gonna wake up to our base. Oh, yeah. like, God damn it! Awesome. <laughs> Finally, Do you want me off. to expound on this game, or was that enough? Um, well, no, yeah, whatever you want to talk about. Yeah, man. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, 
it was really different from the first game, which uh, turned off a lot of people. And at first I was like, man, and really in the end, the only thing I disliked, you know, as a an actual complaint was that it wasn't dual audio and only two of the actors were good. <laughs> and the rest of them were like, they went from OK to trash. And uh, what a weeb. <laughs> hey, man, I'm also, you know, former actor. And professional Ooh. voice actor. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I bought a Brita. Hell yeah, dude. Did, <laughs> did you buy a... Um, I have to plug them. What was it? It was the O-Cedar Turbo Spinner thing where the dog falls in love with the mop that looks like the dog. No? I guess not. What? <laughs> that, that, was, that, was what I, that was my real professional thing. I was oh, on yeah. TV. Yeah. <laughs> It still gets okay. played. <laughs> Dude, I'm going to have to look for it because I, I don't think I've seen that. A mop oh, that looks yeah, like a I'll, dog. I'll send it to you. It was funny. I dubbed an on-camera actor, and I think he was a better actor than me, but he had a Canadian accent, so sucks. Hey, he had to go. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Speak American. <laughs> yeah. It's something with a Canadian accent. Yeah. I think I'm slow, but I'm just Canadian, eh? <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's what I'm talking about. A boot. It's all about. buddy. Okay. Uh, Damien, you're number 10. Boy, this is tough. Uh, but I think on number 10, I would go with Fantasy Star 2. Okay. Oh, good Sega. That was the first 16-bit Fantasy Star, right? Yes, correct. And one of the first RPGs that I got into, again, the, that, was a, that was the era that I started playing a lot of... Uh, a lot of games and the sheer scope of that game was just mind-boggling to me as a kid i feel like it came with an instruction manual it was like war and peace it was enormous just this gigantic voluminous work and i was like oh wow like it's a novel oh there's a game too there's, there's almost like an afterthought because you had, <laughs> had your summer reading set comes, comes with a game <laughs> um and I don't want to spoil it because, you know, it's a relatively newer game, so I'm not sure everybody's had a chance to get around to it yet. But uh, there's some real uh, dramatic twists and turns that take place in there um, that are... I don't think people took notice of back then, later games that may or may not be on this list, like a certain Final Fantasy have some characters in the party that, you know, hit tough times. Uh, Fantasy Star 2 <laughs> had similar <laughs> twists and turns, had a really cool okay. science fiction um, setting, which I thought was awesome. The battles looked super neat in the... Uh, the whole world was just uh, very compelling to me at the time. So that was a game that I think uh, definitely turned me on to RPGs and that I still remember enjoying quite a bit today. Okay. Uh, quick, maybe you actually know the answer to this question, Damien. Is there is there a story behind why it's PH? Um, yes. The original Fantasy Star, um, which uh, started that convention, of course, the designers or someone I'm trying to think of exactly who it was I believe it was someone who was working on the development of the game thought there was a song that was popular in Japan like fantasy um, like some type of a fa it was like a pop song and it had fantasy in the title and so they thought that the name sounded cool and then to kind of distinguish it from like a conventional spelling and make it you know look a little more fantastic if you will uh, they Whoa. decided to, to uh, go mm -hmm. with the PH spelling so it was kind of a combination thing into this popular song at the time. They used the word, try to make it look a little jazzy and special for the uh, the, the fantasy crowd, and um, that was pretty much the, the the impetus behind the choice. I think it is funny that somebody cool. had enough knowledge that the pH sound 
<laughs> it would yes. also be a fun sound. Uh, okay. Strong enough We're for dropping some knowledge for yeah. science fiction. Yes, <laughs> exactly. I've always liked it as an artistic choice. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I have no problem with it. I just thought it like it's a weird thing to come out of Japan in the in the eighties still, or is that the early nineties? Yes. Yeah, that's saying. Oh, the something. first one was in the eighties. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> All right, so moving on to nines. Uh, so we get to my first uh, kind of action RPG here. Um, and it's an old Enix one that actually reuses a lot of assets from a very similar game. Uh, but it is Soul Blazer. Uh, this is a, a, an amazing concept. Like, I, like if, if I ever, you know went to make my own video game, I'd probably rip this off. Uh, or I mean, create an homage to this game. Yes. What I meant to say. Just in case anyone's uh, listening from the legal team. Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> so um, the, the premise of this is so cool. You're just basically this avatar that's sent down by by some kind of generic god to this this world. Um, and you go to like diff- you go to different areas. And um, basically everything has a soul from like chairs to people to goats. And you're basically uh, have to return the souls to whatever little area they're from before you move on to the next area. And like every time you unlock one of these souls, you get like this little like mini story. And so you basically string together like the whole story of these, these places. Um, and it's mixed in with some very solid, um, you know, RPG elements and the, the action's fun. Um, the, the music's cool. Like the, the settings are, are really cool. Um, um, and again, some of the beats that you get from from rescuing these little souls um, are really cool, and like a lot of it deals with like it's it's pretty existential. Um, a lot of it has like stuff where you rescue the soul of somebody who's died or been reincarnated, and you get to see how they react, like how they interact with people, and it's it's actually very thoughtfully done for for for, for uh, an NX game that came out in 1990 something, um, early 90s. Um, yeah, I highly recommend this one. Um, it's it's really easy to to blaze through it. Uh, <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, yeah, this is um, an example of localization gone right because the the Japanese title was Soul Blader, um, which I see nothing makes, wrong with that. Which makes sense, that but it like doesn't it doesn't roll off the tongue the same way as Soul Blazer. Soul Blazer is a good title. Yeah, it's a great title. And I can back it up. Those are really fun game. Yeah, there you go. A really yeah. cool thing about Soul Blazer, like what you were saying, is that it had, in the same way as as most of the other games by that same developer, Quintet, on the Super Nintendo, yes, was Quintet, that thank you. the game... So Soul Blazer, Act Razor, Illusion of Gaia, and the mm-hmm. one that never came to the US, Terra Enigma, but I played that a couple years ago. A thing that they all have in common is that the the theme is about restoration and so the world gets better as you play versus most games where stuff just keeps getting worse until the end and then it's good so it was really different and even just for regular storytelling that's having things kind of turned on its head yet still did it effectively it wasn't like oh sunshines and rainbows it was that the road ahead was difficult but you get good like soul level god help me payoffs as you go along <laughs> and so yeah i think i think that was a really cool choice yeah i just think it was cool like it was it was it was cool to get upgrades and level up and all that stuff but it was also really fun to to see the, these little stories so um alex you're number nine my number nine is dragon age 
because for me, I didn't know what to expect. I just heard it was a, it was a cool game. It's a cool this is, RPG. Uh, this is uh, the first one. Yeah. Okay. And I, it, yeah, it took me a little bit to get uh, used to the game because I I uh, I really didn't play Western RPGs a whole lot. But once I got into it, man, it was really cool. And uh, I had no idea that you can just in the map after each event or a dungeon or whatever, you can just go back to the camp corner. <laughs> so I'm like, man, when am I going to make it to this camp? I need a break. A, play, play a hard mode. Jeez. <laughs> I know. So <laughs> after a while, I just go, oh, I can, I can just go there whenever and then shop and sell stuff and trade gifts and uh, share smooches with whoever. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get, get Yuri Lowenthal doing the the the, t- the, t- the touched dwarven boy enchantment mm-hmm. yeah enchantment uh yeah I, I put a ton of hours into that um it's one of the few games where they they ported it over to pc and the pc version is the definitive version and not just because um you know you can do a little more with pc but like they reworked the ui and it actually plays out a lot better mm. uh, but yeah love love mm. dragon age origin very close to making this list. It actually hurt me to not have it on my list. <laughs> like physically hurt me to not have it on my list. Uh, and yeah, some great characters. Uh, Morgan's great. Uh, it's voiced mm-hmm. by Claudia Black. Um, mm-hmm. Jack uh, Black's sister. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, wow. Liliana. I don't know. Can't remember who voiced her, but uh, yeah, some 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 good characters. Some cool like adult fantasy, like adult Western fantasy. Yeah, uh, it's a nice palate cleanser. Because uh, there hadn't really been anything like that for that was worth playing for a long time. Uh, so, mm-hmm. okay. Uh, Mike, you're number nine. My number nine is, and I was so glad that you said Final Fantasy Tactics earlier. Now, it's not that, but that made me think, oh, yeah, strategy RPGs. Mm-hmm. My number nine is the first American release of Fire Emblem. That was on the GBA. Oh, okay. And when it came out, a lot of people who had been playing the fan translated versions of the Japanese games, they were bummed that this game was simplified. But of course, because you know, Fire Emblem, it gets more and more complex as the series goes, like lots of games. But for me, since it was my entrant, my entry to it, having it be a simpler system was great. It was really hard. And the thing that I loved most was the uh, the writing on, on the first two GBA games, it was freaking incredible. They actually dumbed down the writing on the sequels, which made me sad, but this one, it was filled with older style English, not as not as old as Shakespeare, but the time in between. Sounds. I don't know. Yeah, well, they, like a thing that they would actually say, and, and it wasn't even goofy, was Blackheart. Like if someone assassinated your dad, because that's sort of, also the game was full of assassinations. Because it was Game of Thrones. <laughs> In fact, that's the thing. When I saw Game of Thrones, from the first episode, I was like, this seems awfully like Fire Emblem. And as it went on, it was 100% Fire Emblem. Like, it was just a complete ripoff. I don't not ripoff. A complete... Homage. Synchronicity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like there's air but, boats somewhere going on. But but I loved it for that because I love <laughs> Fire Emblem. And here we go. Here's a live action Fire Emblem with an infinite budget. Anyway, the uh, I, I do really like the series, but that first Fire Emblem was my favorite. Is that Sealed Sword? It's the one right before it? No, 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 no it I, is. No, is it, what? it's the one where you play Roy's dad. That's all I know. 
See, I don't know the Japanese name. For, I think Rekondo. Okay, I think Sealed Sword was the one before it. So that was the first Japan GBA. Yeah. And so this was technically the second GBA release. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You're right. Sealed Sword is is Roy. Put a suck in it, Roy. So, <laughs> so, so as a side, uh, I played a lot of the later Fire Emblems. I'm playing Three Houses right now, oh. and I'm enjoying it. Uh, but you, you mentioned some of the, the localization, Mike. Uh, you said Blackheart, which sounds cool. They use Dastard, and I'm not, into, I'm not into that. That's just goofy to me. Is that a, yeah. is that a dad that's a bastard? I don't know. What the, I, I, I couldn't tell you the entomology of... Uh, of uh, Dastard. Oh, maybe oh, it's probably short for dastardly. Like dastardly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. 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 either word, I just, yeah, it just makes me roll my eyes. That's too bad. Oh, well, frack. Yeah, <laughs> I would have. I honestly would have preferred frack. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, fire emblem. I was. I was pretty sure somebody would have some kind of fire emblem on their list. Uh, I was just like with how it hurt you to not have Dragon Age, right? Uh, it hurt me yeah. to not have Fire Emblem, the first 3DS one, Awakening. Yeah. Okay. I put I put yep. a ton of hours into that. That was really fun. Hey Scott, let me borrow the box to that game. What that happened? Awful. <laughs> oh, that's right. I gave you a bunch of games in that box. Was that one of the games? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Whoops. <laughs> No, I think you were still playing it at the time. That's, I think I was actually. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, Damien, you're number nine. Yes. Well, this is going to be tough going after Mike because I agree with a lot of these choices. So I have a bad feeling I'm going to get sniped on my list because Fire. <laughs> oh Emblem, no, it's it's cool. Fire Emblem is a great one. Uh, I also was going to say the GBA ones were some of my favorites, uh, so I, I wholeheartedly agree with that i remember playing some of the the early gba ones and again the right yeah the writing was really strong the the little battle sequences had that cool cartoon anime style to them like the mercenary would just like throw his sword up and like do this oh, jump slash with it and it was crits yes the crits were so cool looking oh it was a really cool game and yeah the writing was, was super good um that's that's a great one that's one that um I wish it'd be on my list as well, but um, my actual <laughs> number nine is a bit more, but well, a little bit after that. But I would go with Wild Arms on PlayStation. Okay, okay, oh, nice. You um, didn't you didn't quit after that bullshit password thing? What's that? There, no. there was some. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, I did not. No, I, I powered through. Okay, <laughs> me uh, that is a really it's a really fun game. Did a lot of things extremely well. I think I had a tough time because it came out basically against FF7, if I recall. And it was right before it, yeah. You may know that did pretty well. Um, Five, so, FF what? Seven. Yeah. FF uh, okay. who? Yeah. And, and, I mean, there's only, it's a Final Fantasy, so there's only one, I would imagine. But somehow they got to seven. And then they stopped, <laughs> thankfully. But uh, <laughs> It had a bit of an issue. Um, perhaps sales of notoriety time. It did, of course, have sequels that would come out eventually, though, and I think it's pretty well respected now. But I really love that game. One of the things that stuck out to me was um, the interactivity outside of battles. So you had three different characters, um, like Rudy and Jack, and like Jack had this pet hamster or something you would have to go around with, and you could like send it. Go out. for the eyes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. His famous battle cry. 
And so uh, the ability to use the character's powers outside of battle to manipulate uh, objects and puzzles in a more adventure game-like way, like, say, perhaps the non-RPG title Zelda, uh, was really fun <laughs> to me That's and right. made it more kind of engrossing. So I really admired the way that they kind of got you thinking outside of the normal pattern of just, like, level up, get stronger, hit the boss harder and then watch, rinse, repeat, you thought about your characters um, in different ways about how you would progress through the actual story in the dungeons. So that, that was a game that I really enjoyed and put a lot of time into. Yeah, I, I, I think I got to the part with the password, and that was it. <laughs> I, got, I think I was actually barring the game from Mike. Yeah. Uh, oh, if, yeah. If memory serves. I got two-thirds of the way through it, and then I got stuck. Or Yeah. Oh, no, I gave up on it because... That's right. I gave up on it because it kept crashing. <laughs> oh, jeez. That's, yeah, that's a bit of a, a yeah. bummer. Like the, one time uh, I, lost, I think before. I lost 45 minutes of gameplay. I was like, okay, hey, Scott. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's, the, that's the end of that. <laughs> I, so wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. At the time, I, 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 I'm sure I would have told you that like – The problem was it, that game, it didn't randomize random battles. They were exactly – like 13 steps apart uh, it was it was seated. on a clock yeah, and yeah, a problem yeah. was i took my let's just say 13th step on a low you know when you exit and it fades to black and loads so it starts to go black and then the guitar thing and then yeah. it just stayed there playing the battle theme and i lost 45 minutes of gameplay oh dang who made that game <laughs> konami yeah, it's not too late to send I an email say, so, i was say sony Actually, well, was, so, Sony may have published it, but it was a Konami series, uh, at okay. least at least for the first couple entries. Konami, okay. right? Maybe it was I Sony. What the, I'm, I might be thinking of Suikoden. That's Konami. Suikoden was Konami for sure. Yeah. It was Konami. All right. Well, this is cool. We've got uh, everybody's different so far. I imagine there's going to we're going to snipe vision. when we get toward the the yeah, top of this. But, uh, yeah, gonna, we're going to funnel in. Yeah. Uh, but my number eight is perhaps something that nobody else has in the list. Uh, and this Final is Final Fantasy the... VII. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> uh, so this, I remember. I don't remember how I really stumbled upon this game. I think somebody let me borrow it, um, and I knew nothing about it. Installed it on my PC, and was blown away. I'm like, this is the coolest thing I've ever played. Um, and that was Fallout Two. Oh, good one. So I didn't, you never even heard of the first Fallout, let alone 2, and 2 is the kind of the definitive version, depending on who you ask, of, of the entire series. Mm. Uh, but this is amazing. We're asking like, you. Like, clearly RPG designed for adults, um, which I'd never really played at the time or before, anything like that. Uh, but just all the cool shit you could do. Um, you, know, you could be totally evil, which again, was nothing you... you you never get to do that in JRPGs, really, um, <laughs> unless you're um, Squall. But whatever, whatever. Yeah, all the cool shit you could do. Uh, the setting, um, you could go melee. You could do, you know, modern weapons. Um, eventually, you get cool shit toward the end with the power armor. Uh, and the the voice acting, which is still kind of novel at that point. Um. Yeah, it's just uh, a super cool series that that set the stage for a uh, Fallout Three title that never ever came out. 
Van Buren, I think was the code name for that. But eventually uh, paved the way for Interplay to go under and Black <laughs> Isle. Uh, and then mm-hmm. picked up by Zenimax uh, and Bethesda. Or Bethesda and Zenimax. I don't know what the order of operations is there. But uh, and then Fallout 3 in New Vegas and the rest is history. But yeah, 2 is... Um, it's just such a cool uh, like original kind of I don't know if it was based on anything really uh, it probably was I, I think it was like a spiritual successor to Wasteland and right. Fallout 1 mm. oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah you got me there yeah it's solid logic yeah I think, I think, it's, I think it was a sequel to Fallout 1 I, I, I checked uh, on Wikipedia yeah I mean, we just need like the 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 engine system if that was based on any kind of role playing system is what I meant. Oh, okay. um, but uh yeah, it's just a very unique thing. Uh it had a super cool presentation. Uh so Fallout two is my number eight. Uh Alex, your number eight. My number eight is the original Final Fantasy. Uh for a couple of reasons. One is I didn't actually beat this game until I was an adult and I played the um, remake on the PlayStation. Is that because it was impossible? <laughs> no, <laughs> actually, because by then they, they actually kept the peninsula glitch in the PlayStation one. So I wow. leveled up there for a bunch and then that helped me get through the entire game. Um, it wasn't a breeze, but it was still like a lot easier to do that. Uh, but when I was a kid, I found this uh, or I borrowed a Nintendo Power from one of my friends and I started reading about this game, Final Fantasy. And it was the first RPG I'd ever like even heard of. And I started reading about it and all the classes and all the they had screenshots of all your guys and you could pick like a fighter, white mage, black mage, red mage, all that stuff. And then you got to like transform them in, into higher level like warriors that just blew my mind (laughs) and i always wanted it and i never got it for the nintendo so when i was old enough i finally bought it on the playstation (laughs) we're we're you know it's natural home Mm -hmm. plus the whole time loop thing that it has going is like way ahead of its time it's like holy shit that's like I, i i had a hard time like wrapping my head around it when i was an adult playing that game yeah that was pretty f- fucking cool. Like the first boss, the first boss is the last boss. Like what? Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. So yeah, never, never really got too far into it. You I, should be a team of all white mages. That's the easy <laughs> I, hear, I, hear, I hear that's the best way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, too OP. I know Mike played it. Uh, I don't know if Mike, you ever beat it or Damien, if you I ever beat did. it. I did. I beat it on the Wii Virtual Console, of all things. Like, I <laughs> okay. had the physical copy because mm. my friend, when he moved away, before he moved away, he gave me several NES games, and a couple of them were fantastic. I'm like, what? Oh, thanks. <laughs> but Final Fantasy One that came out when RPGs made no sense to me. I'd buy a sword and I'd still be attacking with bare fists. I'm like, this game is bullshit. <laughs> Where's my sword? And the funny thing is, off. like, I did end up attacking slightly stronger, but it's because I leveled up. I'm like, what? what is level up? <laughs> That's such a great point. Like, back, like, if we take for granted all these complex mechanics now without giving it a second thought, at the time, I, I, no one had any idea what the hell was going on. 
<laughs> Wait, I'm, I'm hitting buttons, but nothing's happening. <laughs> yes. I had played an action RPG, uh, Faxanadu, which is not oh. on this list, but that's oh, close yeah. for me. Very close. And Faxanadu yeah, auto-equips the next stronger weapon, which is the only thing that makes sense to a little kid. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. You Faxanadu, don't it? Oh! Faxanadu. Faxanadu, that was a really good game. I remember loving that game as a kid. I just remember there was that one spell called Deluge. Oh, yeah. And you shot like a little water bolt. Yeah. That game had a cool <laughs> little story and um, a pretty good soundtrack. Oh, that's old school there. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, Mike so is Mike, next. Yeah, that's right. I got confused. <laughs> I just started talking about Vaxanadu. Mike, you're number, you're number eight. Number is eight it is Vaxanadu. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> Uh, so I noticed from here, eight through one are um, atomic nucleus level close together. So it's all kind of just almost <laughs> a did, tie for one, but it is it is ordered. But man, they're all so close together. If we do the list like next week, it would be different. Yeah, yeah. it probably. Yeah, I'd remember this, some things. <laughs> your, your list is so goddamn the same. You could ask it. Do you want the ice cream? And it would say yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, number eight. Oh, well, here we go with the Mar- Mario Twins. Number eight is Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Okay. <laughs> I was wondering I, uh, if that would be in some yeah. <laughs> Only just recently, I played through this game twice and played the uh, expansion prequel thing. Okay. Um, so whoever uh, Monolith Soft, like, I, I liked Xenogears, and I was intrigued by Xenosaga, but... Um, Xenosaga in particular, way too many characters, and a uh, shockingly boring soundtrack given the amazing composers who worked on it. But I think they were trying to make movie music, which mm. is a big mistake because a great thing with video games is that they almost always have more – it's more like an opera where the, the music tells a story. Anyway, enough crapping on – Who? Mitsuda? Yes, yeah, Mitsuda. yeah. That's the thing is that Monolith – loves working with him and for me his most boring work was on xenosaga yeah yeah but but he fucking killed it on xenoblade chronicles 2 so that's one of the big i'll just talk about that the soundtrack <laughs> he led the uh sound he he did all the producing and orchestration at his studio so he got paid double i guess and they had most of the same people from xenoblade 1 just minus yoko shimamura and uh, that hack yeah <laughs> she is wonderful uh and um for me a sign of a good soundtrack is not just that uh, a song is catchy but that you can listen to it 100 times and not get sick of it mm-hmm. and then the other part is that it matches what's happening because <laughs> mm-hmm. a problem that a lot of games have that i run into is that there's this really awesome uh taiko drum orchestra going on and on screen jack shit is happening it's like that is a mismatched soundtrack and i'm just like okay pick up leaf (laughs) buying potions right right so like i know i know video game development is extremely hard so i'm not I, i don't mean to shit on the people who uh work on this it's, no, just it's that, okay. It's just that sometimes Alex. <laughs> <laughs> so for the most part, uh, 
I I just loved Xenoblade 2 and uh, enough to play through it back to back twice. So there we go. So cool. so I'm I've put in like 80 hours in that game and I still have no idea what the fuck I'm doing. Like <laughs> I'm just fumbling yeah. my way through that game, like dying over and over again until I get well, into this like one, actual like, boss fights and then I win somehow. And then I move on to the next area where I get my face pushed in until I stumble onto the next boss fight. And it's well, been, that's basically been the whole game for me. This one had and, a real problem that you pointed out when you first got it was enemy placement. Of the three games, this one, they, they screwed up enemy placement. Oh, like it's, the, so, the, the other so, two, the other two, it's, it's done well. If there's a high level enemy, you see it from far away and you, avo- and you decide, well, I can't go over there yet. But on this one, you're walking next to level 10s and then, pat, level 80, you're dead. <laughs> yes, that happens all the time. So I, I agree about the soundtrack. Um, the presentation is equally gorgeous and horrendous. Like, there is so much shit going on in every menu and in combat. Like, <laughs> somebody, like, there was, every once in a while, you just need somebody to be like, you need, like, some executive producer that's not really that close to the game to be like, do we really need all that shit on the screen at the same time? Or whatever yeah. the Japanese equivalent to that would be. And Please consider like, less shit. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for great workings. Oh, so desune. Less shit. Yeah, just look at it. Nani the fuck. Uh, the... <laughs> Yeah, but at the same time, you know, I I liked some of the characters. Some of the audio was horrendous. Yeah, you played uh, in English, English, so instead of just noises, you would hear phrases over and over. I don't think it would be any better based <laughs> on personal experience. But at any rate, uh, this is for, for like a Wii title, though, it's like very impressive. Uh, like it, the, it feels huge. Uh, the game looks gorgeous, even if some of the map design is infuriating. <laughs> uh, uh, they like purposely go out of their way to make it as hard as possible to get to wherever it is that you're going. Um, well, wouldn't it be an adventure if it was a straight line like Final Fantasy 13? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, square size. Damn. Sick Shots fired. <laughs> uh, so, okay. Uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Um, I hope this like pretends to like other cool RPGs coming out on the switch like new new switch originals anyway i would hope so like yeah just like how final fantasy 7 spawned a ton of great games on playstation you always hope that something will inspire someone especially final fantasy 8 the one that came right after it right damien right jesus christ i mean i think charles dickens was referring to that when he said it was the best of time (laughs) that's just one run right on the heels of the other (laughs) final fantasy it was the best of times final fantasy 8 it was the worst that's it little known fact about dickens he didn't really he wasn't writing about industrialization or uh child labor he was just so upset or the french revolution yeah yeah okay rightfully so (laughs) I've never right. tried. Speaking of role playing games, I've never tried harder to win a fight in a role playing game than I did in Kingdom Hearts, where you have to have like a little play around time with Squall in the beginning of the game to get like a high potion. <laughs> I sat there forever. I was like, I will, I will have my vengeance on you for the horrors <laughs> that you unleashed upon me in that atrocity of a game. I've never tried so wow. hard to win a fight. 
Oh, I have a Final Fantasy VIII story. Oh, this one's good. I'll keep it short. So I um, I hated the game 10 out of 10, and I played it twice. <laughs> so so what hate happened? It. That's, that's what, that's what I call hate playing. What happened yeah. was now... It's like watching it, Gotham. <laughs> so it wasn't, it wasn't yeah. just me, but uh, even Truck couldn't understand from the, the in-game tutorials, which were just big blocks of text. Yes. What the fuck junctioning... <laughs> how it worked, what it was supposed to do, what the how the word related to the action. Yeah. So because of that, I didn't draw anything from anyone <laughs> ever. But you know how I was able to beat every bo- every battle was with summons yeah. because they were basically oh, free. Yeah. But just like how in Final Fantasy VII, they got really like masturbatory with the length of the summons they yeah. tripled Jesus that age. in final fantasy 8 so yeah. that like yeah. the, that was the way to get you from yeah, not doing it you yeah. mash yeah. on a button to get an extra 10 points of damage right mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. now you remember how long those were do you oh remember that God. there was do you remember that there was a timed part where you're like running through a city and there's like you have like 10 minutes i would <laughs> i beat that with only summons with like 10 seconds to spare <laughs> I was like, how is anyone supposed to do this? And then when you're in the ship and Squall, uh, when, uh, which one is it? Is she Renoa? Yeah. She and you and I get their names mixed up. So Renoa, uh, is like sitting on his lap and he's like, why is she acting all weird? It's like, oh, Jesus Christ. Anyway. Oh, horrible. Just horrible. When, when that part happened, it was like just Squall and, uh, you're fighting aliens and they're on the ship and like they're they're so strong I can't do anything and I was and I had so I was like I had to start the game over and that's like 80% of the way through the game oh yeah so I decided this son of a Jeez. bitch is not gonna beat me no so then I somehow by accident figured out junctioning and then beat the shit out of the game I was like never again I love this story so much. I can't even put it into words. So, so my, I'm my so own... sorry you had to go through that. I, from the bottom of my heart, I'm so sorry for that suffering. Thank you. That so, feels so my better. my own my own uh, story with that game. So my my somewhat similar mics where it basically wasn't until the final boss where I was like, oh, I guess I can draw stuff. Uh, no, I I never attached it properly to shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I also didn't upgrade any of the weapons, which they also did a shit job of explaining them. Yeah. So I, mm-hmm. I went in the fight. Mm-hmm. So I get to the final boss, and I'm like, I don't know, like an hour and a half into the fight. Yeah. Like, I'm like, this is fucking ridiculous. Like, even even me, like, when did that game come out? Ninety uh, eight. Yeah. 99. Even like teenage me that was like willing to put up with that shit, not <laughs> without having to think about it, was like. This is so stupid. <laughs> so like two hours in, I'm like, if I lose this, I'm putting this game down. I'm never playing it again. Uh, you know, for, fortunately, I, I was able to do so, though. I beat it. And then that was that. Yeah. Uh, triple Triad's fun. Triple Triad is also a terrible idea. That's horrible. <laughs> I remember speaking of time stuff, you go to you go to like you go to the moon at some space station because apparently enemies just like fall. They call I think they call it like the lunar tier because enemies just fall off the moon onto your planet in this horrible world. It's so after you get slingshot up there, of course that goes haywire. So you have to evacuate. And meanwhile, 
like my first thought was not oh my god we're gonna die in like the, the the infinite abyss of space i'm just clicking to talk to everybody in case they have a magic gathering card i want and i end up sitting there <laughs> and playing matches with some dude to get a cac card i'm like what is what is going on in this game this, what, 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 if this is a movie this would be the most absurd plot point it's like oh hold on everybody i gotta finish this game real quick and i did because i wanted to Kind of like going back and playing it after 80% and then having to restart. I wanted to at least finish the damn thing and get all the items so I could say, you know, if anybody asked me, like, yes, yes, I suffered through it all. Dude, speaking of that fucking card game, what a waste of time. And so back in those days, I was on AOL and someone instant messaged me because he saw I liked RPGs. And we talked about Final Fantasy VIII. and And I said, man, that card game was a waste of time then he said <laughs> yeah. actually the card game was the best part and then he left <laughs> oh <laughs> a mic drop that's so good that's so good yeah. I'm, I'm sure we could, I'm sure we could do another hour on that uh, yeah, characters, yeah, characters were terrible Seriously. it's terrible oh the world the world was terrible the story it had was an amazing ending it's so weird yeah. I loved the ending. The game was yeah, such bullshit, but it's like, dude. Everybody was walking around in fog. It's like, what? <laughs> oh, yeah, we were adopted, and she was our mom, but then she turned all evil, <laughs> oh, and she shot, glass at, she shot glass at me. What? <laughs> That's, that's, that's not that's the actual story it's like one of those writing drills you did in middle school where everybody had to write a paragraph and then pass it down to the person next to them and when it was done you'd have a full story to make any fucking sense because the way they would tell they're just like a mad lib they're just trying to be funny but that's the actual story for Final Fantasy 8 it doesn't make any sense <laughs> Alright, so so we were on uh, eight. Eight. Still so eight. you're on number seven did Damien, Damien? Did, you, did you do your eight? Yeah, you, number My seven? Is number eight? Eight. I was kidding. I really, I really like that game. Did, did you do your eight? <laughs> no, I did not. Okay. <laughs> what's, what's your eight real quick? Everything but Final Fantasy eight. No, All right. It's, uh, it's uh, tactics. Tactics. Okay. Oh, they say, oh, they say, game. they say bad words in that one. Very <laughs> titillating. <laughs> but that's the thing. They have calls too. That game's story was extraordinary. I thought they did a really, uh, you know, really compelling story. The, I think there are people who I'm I really hate Delita, but there are, he's certainly a compelling character. Um, yeah. And watching yeah. him and Ramza evolve throughout the course of the story is very interesting. Uh, a really cool take on again, kind of like, to some degree that kind of Game of Thrones political intrigue behind everything. Of course, with the more supernatural elements of the game, I, I love the the ability to to customize the characters and make them all the classes I thought they'd want to be, you know, from Estadio or Cloud or Beowulf and all these different characters. Um, the variety of abilities, the the tactical element of it was um, so really, game. I think, very well done in that game. And a special shout out to my ninja in my party, Vanilla, one of the general, like the generic characters you <laughs> start off with. <laughs> Vanilla deserves a shout out because... <laughs> the reason why and being in the game was so easy for me was when the I think it's the deep dungeon, that kind of bonus dungeon area, dark dungeon. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um I was down there and it just so happens that Vanilla had gone to the top of this like stalagmite and an enemy across from her was trying to throw things at her, but so he didn't understand he could go down and like just melee her. So he would keep chucking things, but she, Ninja's had a catch uh, ability. So 
she would just that sit there and catch everything. That was the best. Yeah, yeah, it was really useful. But the enemy was throwing uh, Chirijiradens, which are like the high, most powerful samurai sword of that game. <laughs> you're only supposed to get like one, and then the, you'd be like, oh boy, lucky day. But she just I, she just sat there for hours and just caught 99 of these. So the final <laughs> boss was just me chucking Chirijiradens at them from across the stage and just one-shotting the boss, completely undermined the entire sequence. It's actually a terrible idea, probably. But the last boss, I hit him in the head with the Chirijiradens, and and he was like, ha ha ha, your tree doesn't phase me. And then like Rob's hit him with the ultimate, he died. And I was like, well, there we go. That was the end of this huge like cataclysmic showdown. So a lot yeah. of good memories for that game. Yeah, gameplay was definitely addicting in that one. Yeah. I know, so good. I got to play it again. It's been a while. Yeah. Hey, have you guys tried my Vita. Por Vita. Ooh. Have you guys tried doing like a, a Ramza or special characters only run? No. I haven't done anything wacky like that. No. I did a Ramza run once. And after just like the first couple of fights, I mean, you don't do random encounters because those will wreck you. But if you do just story <laughs> yeah. fights with a Ramza, you will level up so freaking fast. It's it's incredible. <laughs> just one guy on the field just <laughs> going up to a dude. Whack. Dead. Whack. Dead. <laughs> dead it's it's cool i would it, recommend it it was all about getting a samurai class because then you get blade grasp yep i know which was supposed so to just cool. parry like melee attacks but instead like it parried everything yeah yeah that's right it was like hamedo or blade grass was the one where like they would yeah it wasn't even like a counter they would try to hit you you would just be like no you just nope. slap them in the face. Yeah. Yep. Such so a satisfying much, ability. You pretty much auto win after that. Yeah. <laughs> what's uh, night that would, I'm what's sorry, his name? Uh, TG Sid, who was just striking right. people left and right in that game. Was it the night class that could break people? Yes. Yeah, so I would just give everyone a night and then just break the enemies. Then they'd hold still, and I would slowly inch up my JP from just like smack, smack, smack. That's <laughs> like, a good strategy. Unequip them and punching them or something. Yeah. yeah. All right. So that was eights. Uh, moving on to sevens. Uh, the most Japanese. Seven chipmunks dancing on a yeah. branch on my uncle's br- branch. Seven. 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 <laughs> Well, could you just do it in six? Not six, seven. No, number, man. <laughs> couldn't even break a sweat in six minutes. Uh, so, the most the most Japaneseest of games, uh-huh. uh, Persona Four, um, Persona Four Golden, the definitive version. So, originally on the PlayStation Two, had a uh, a Redux on the Vita, where they added in some new content. Um, and there's really nothing like it other than the other Persona titles, like <laughs> uh, three, three and five, anyways. Um, but the, three was a big departure from um, from two and one, obviously. Uh, but four is is you know kind of the the golden one, if you will. Um, oh. So yeah, there's nothing quite like this. so all these games that we've mentioned so far. You know, they they all have like a darker bent to them. Um, there's certainly dark things happening in here, but the game is so like bright and colorful, and the stakes are, for the most part, pretty low. Um, it's just like a murder in town, and then there's like magical stuff going on, basically. You must yeah, have a dangerous that, life, Scott. Yeah. No, I love it. I love that it was a small scope, at least at the beginning, with the story. Yeah. Right. That was and then, cool. And then the whole color palette is this bright yellow 
and it's like j-pop songs playing they yep. were still stuck in my head um it just it felt good to i don't know how to put it it just felt good to play it yep. like I mean, it wasn't just fun but you just you know play for a little like 15 or 20 minutes to do whatever like a little chunk of gameplay yeah, which worked well for a handheld uh, rpg also Yes, works very well. They got the whole slice of life sim. Um, great characters. Um, you know, the time the game was over, it was like really sad that like yeah. you felt like the main character did. Spoilers, that you know you're actually leaving these people. Um, but yeah, it was just such a different experience where um, you know I'm not going to say put style over substance, but it definitely put a premium on the style, mm. and uh, it definitely paid off. So so a lot like. Well, I'm sure we're going to get to this further down on the list, but um, <laughs> a, a lot like uh, Uematsu and Sakaguchi had the secret sauce together, um, you know, so do Meguro and uh, um, Sojima for the Persona series. Yeah, and Hoshino. Um, Hoshino, yeah, too. Can't forget about him. Um, uh, yeah, P- again... This is uh, some of a niche title, although uh, Persona 5 got a lot more recognition. Um, I wholly recommend this, even though it's kind of difficult to get a hold of these days because nobody has a Vita or PSTV or whatever. Uh, but yeah, this is just a, a fantastic game. It's like it's a ton of content here. Um, it's traditional kind of turn-based, but um, it, it kind of does some unique things. With a kind of a, I I, I want to say this was like doing the Pokemon thing before Pokemon, the whole catch them all, yeah. go back to Shin, Shin Megami Tensei. Yeah, uh, I remember a friend of mine likening this is in the very early days of Persona and Mega Ten, being like, "Oh, it's kind of like Pokemon for goths." Uh, <laughs> it's like like no, no, uh, Lucifer. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. I, I did. I do. I do. Always cra- it does always crack me up with like the hodgepodge of mythology that they have here, because um, like you collect like that is effectively the same person as far as I understand. So like you can get Lucifer, but you can also get Satan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's like, oh, Thor. Yeah. You also oh get, yeah, the uh, devil is a part timer. Made the same distinction. Yeah. Yeah. Like all these different characters are just different names for Satan. I'm like, dude. How are they all different people? <laughs> yeah, so uh, yeah, just just a a wonderfully weird, upbeat kind of RPG uh, is, is Persona Four Golden. Um, Alex, your number seven. Uh, funny you should mention that because my number seven is Persona Five. All right, and the on, the only Persona Five. I mean, the only Persona game I've ever played. Uh, it was fantastic. It, like you say, it's almost it's almost style over substance. This thing oozes style. If you were to ask somebody, what's the coolest RPG like ever? It'd be Persona Five. It's almost it, it manages to make menuing fun <laughs> <laughs> with yeah. how much is style and is all the little quirky animations that goes along with it. When you like switch back and forth from parts of the menu just to see the animations go uh back and forth it's it's that's fantastic you go to you go to the title screen in that game and you go to where the options menu is and you have one like the silhouettes of one of the character like yeah kind of stands up quickly it looks so fucking cool it does, yeah. <laughs> and that's basically the whole menu like the, the idea was that everything's always in motion with, yeah. with all the menus um 
and yeah, they put so much thought into that UI. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, it's not nothing quite like it. So cool. I mean, the game, uh, it can be difficult, but it's not, you know, impossible. It's, it's not something that you'll get like frustrated with. Uh, but it, it's it's just everything is cool about it. Like the, the Morgana and the cat bus and going through mementos was was awesome. Uh, even just doing like you said, because I haven't played Persona 4 or Persona 4 Golden, but the slice of life stuff uh, in the classroom making like tools because you friended the teacher enough that she lets you goof off. Uh, the, all the, the 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 side story stuff and the uh, what you call it, the friendship levels with everybody. Just everything is balanced so well, plus the dark overtones of the overall story. Uh, it's great. Go play it. <laughs> yep. Yep. Agreed. Oh, yeah, and, and Royals coming out soon or next year. It's the like the P4G version of yeah, sort of the golden version of that. Yeah. yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Seeing how cooler it is. Me too. All right. Uh, Let's see, Mike, your number seven. My number seven is thanks to Scott, who introduced me to Final Fantasy IV back when oh. it was called Final Fantasy II. Fantasy II. Uh, oh, my that's my number this, six. Scott was the first person I knew who got a Super Nintendo, and there was this place that would rent out games, and you yes. could rent for as long as you wanted. And when didn't didn't they burn it's down the, while you had Final Fantasy? Yeah, so, no, no, so, what a coincidence! So, what a little so serendipitous turn of events for Scott. Yeah, so it's two things. So, uh, uh, yes, they you could rent like they didn't hassle you, but they still charged you. Well, no, no oh yeah, you they would charge you per down, day. Scott. So, so it's not Final Fantasy. So actually, it's funny. I rented it like a couple times for like really long time. Then I eventually got it as a gift. But no, at the time when the place burned down, I was actually renting. Um, Romance of Three Kingdoms 2, which I still have. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I felt so bad. Well, yeah, the place fucking burned down. Oh, no. I, it's right around the corner. Mom and Pop video game store right around the corner. And it burned down. It's super sad. Oh. But yes, that's how I found out Final Fantasy 2. But anyways, go ahead, Mike. So... Um, I had tried several RPGs before this, and I think I was just not mature enough to get them. Um, and then in uh, <clears throat> grade, uh, Scott would, uh, when he was playing the game, he would like every day during first recess, he would fill me in on where the story is. So for me, this was a series. And, <laughs> and, uh, for 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 a prepubescent kid this story was perfect mm. it had just the right amount of uh new character like characters being introduced at a good pace the themes were dark enough where a kid goes ooh but doesn't get scarred <laughs> uh, and then once i played it myself i got to see wow the music and this is this was what got me into video game music. The music was half the story, on purpose, and uh, and it, I, I uh, the the battle system was fairly straightforward, and it was way better than Final Fantasy One. And so, like, mm-hmm. if 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 you target, there's two imps. You have two characters target the first imp. 
one of them kills him. Whoa, slow down. Yeah. And then the second one. <laughs> Whoa, wait a minute. On Final Fantasy 1, the second one <laughs> would just swing at air. <laughs> so, like yeah, they, they would just swing at air. Like, yeah, dumb idiot. But in Final Fantasy 4, if Kane killed the first imp, well, Cecil would attack the second imp. It's It was it was revolutionary <laughs> in real in, in real time right. yeah in real time and uh i mm-hmm. loved the the variety of character abilities but also that they all had distinct personalities and even with really compact writing because it was a one megabyte game or two one or two megabytes probably two they uh for what they had to work with they did a really wonderful job and it's what got me into rpgs yep i Love that game, and more about more to say about it later. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> Probably Damien also. Uh, speaking yeah, of which, love uh, the tale of a spoony bard. Nope. Oh, and one last thing: <laughs> when uh, when Golbez is about to kill all of you, mm. and then Ridia, who you were certain was dead, shows up, and she's ten years <laughs> older. <laughs> that is one of my Spoilers! favorite moments in video game history for yeah. me. Like even when it happens now, when I replay it, I still get the chills. Cause I'm like, Oh, that's fucking amazing. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll time video game crush Ridia. There we go. Ridia is a Old, good character. Older, older Ridia. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you be like, <laughs> oh yeah. Me too. <clears throat> yeah. You uh, love those chubby sprites. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, Damien, you number seven quickly. Mario Let's RPG. get off the topic. <laughs> what was it? Mario RPG. All right. Ooh. Oh, we'll get it back that was to cool. a family-friendly topic. Loves loves you some. Yeah, Gino. there we go. <laughs> yeah, uh, Super Mario RPG. Continuing some of the Square love here. I was actually looking, um, doing my extensive research uh, for today's podcast. One thing that I had looked into was that whole era of Square into like Square Enix. Well, they, this is all just Square. But um, it's an extraordinary run. Like they just had one game after another during that decade, really. I'm trying to see like FF4, for example, or two here in the States, came out in 91. And then basically they go Romantic Saga 92, FF5 92, Secret of Mana 93, uh, FF6 in 94. Chrono Trigger in 95, Evermore in 95, and then it's just, you know, into Mario RPG in 96, FF7. It's just every year, Square put out something that, like a game that could easily be in the top three of of anybody's list here. Yeah, yeah, they're freaking crushing it. it And Sakaguchi had his hands on like almost all those. Yeah. What a perv. (laughs) 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 All for (laughs) Hironobu. It was an amazing run. And Mario RPG, I think, um, stands out even in that list in a lot of ways. Of course, the kind of Kingdom Hearts before Kingdom Hearts in some ways, this bizarre mashup of Square and Nintendo seemed uh, kind of odd to see the two of them together. Uh, but somehow they pulled it off. They, it, it kept all those core RPG elements that you wanted. There were tons of cool characters. Um Lots of really, you know, really interesting main story driving it within the context of the Mario universe. But the action elements were incorporated extremely well. Uh, there are a lot of really neat secrets. Of course, speaking of things that are like jaw dropping, when you find the secret like Final Fantasy boss towards the end of Mario RPG, and like the, the Final Fantasy music kicks in, you see that Amino um, style like sprite artwork. It was just a, a crazy moment. And 
that game, another one, um, kind of like you mentioned Golden uh, for Persona, where it's just fun to just just boot it up and just play the game. My RPG always had the same effect for me, where just just fire, just just turning the game on and wandering around with the music and the 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 the, the graphics at the time. Uh, it was just a, a really just a thoroughly fun game to play. I love that game. It's a really good game. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. I don't think anybody's going to argue with that one. Uh, numbers, moving on to sixes. Um, so, love this series. I had to. I didn't want to do the whole series, so I decided to pick one game from it. Uh, so I went with Mass Effect Two. Oh, oh, you bastard! It's <laughs> my number six. Uh, I, uh. I fucking love the first game so much, um, but I feel like from just like a game design standpoint, yeah. that two really kind of it figured out what they wanted to do with the first one that maybe they couldn't, and then tightened up the. The graphics, the pacing, yeah, they tightened up the graphics yeah. at level seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really tightened up the uh, the the pacing. Um, you know, got rid of some of the tedium and added a little more. <laughs> but way better uh, UI. Uh, but Dude, just, the menus just, in part one were horrible. They're mm-hmm. pretty. They're pretty awful. Yeah, and you know it's funny. All these 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 big RPG companies like Bethesda and Bioware, they still have not fucking figured out inventory management. <laughs> they're still they're still terrible. They're still all fucking god yeah. awful. Like it's so like uh, fucking Blizzard figured it out in 1990 or whatever with Diablo. <laughs> you, just, you have a square, you drop something into the square. That's it. Like that's all you need. And then maybe you have like like a a, a dollar model or whatever to represent the, like where you, all the equipment was going. But all these games are just like if you played Skyrim. Skyrim's yeah. are fucking worse. Like, I don't know what the hell I'm wearing. Like, I, I, I can see what I'm wearing, <laughs> but, like, I don't actually know my inventory, like, what it is. Like, it, it's so bad. Um, anyways, uh, you got me on a tangent here. <laughs> Hot button. Uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, Mass Effect 2, um, you know, the, the whole thing, 1 and 2, because they, they, they the whole, well, the 1, 2, 3, obviously playing with each other, but just the whole space opera, um, some all-time characters in RPG, uh, I fucking love uh, Rex and Garrus and Tally and uh, the kind of Shepard characters. Um, I, so I always went, I, I, I played through with Fem Shep and Male Shep um, on every single one of the games. Um, mm-hmm. But Jennifer Hale as Fem Shep is like all time, like best voice acting work, I think. Um, she's so much like the guy doing. Sorry, Mike. Yeah, sorry. No, 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 that, no. She fucking, she fucking rocked in that. Yeah, she, she, yeah, like she's, she's so already good, good yeah. all the time. But yeah, like she, she totally her like just, I mean, maybe just matter of like her actual just the way she sounds, like fits the, sure. what they want to do with the character. But um, she's so good. Um, I, I could go on and on about this game, but uh, yeah, I, I played the shit out of of uh, two. Um, a little disappointed with Andromeda. <laughs> uh, a little with, least. with the three, but we'll, we'll save that for another discussion. But yeah, Mass Effect Two, mm-hmm. and then it, it was just—it's just cool to have like a, a like a sci-fi, uh, like a like a kind of hardcore sci-fi RPG to turn to. Um, you know, I'm, I'm always super into fantasy, and you know, a lot of these games that, we, that we've been mentioning—they kind of mix um, 
like cyberpunk or steampunk in with the fantasy. Uh, this is all just uh, sci-fi stuff. And, um, yeah, I love the hell out of it. So Mass Effect 2 is my number six. Alex, your number six. Uh, my number six is I forgot who already talked about it. I think it was Mike. Final Fantasy four. Oh, hell yeah. Because <laughs> that was I was at the video warehouse just looking through. It was like, OK, what's new here? It's like, what? They made a Final Fantasy two. Oh, my gosh. And they had it for the Super <laughs> <laughs> for the Super Nintendo. So I would I rented it, of course, and I played the shit out of it. I loved the game so much. Mostly because I didn't even think about this until years later, but it was like uh, a retelling of Star Wars, essentially. <laughs> yeah, uh, except for Luke doesn't go to the dark. Well, kind of, but not really. Start on the dark side, goes to the light, and then, you know, his brother, father is Darth Vader, oh, yeah. Golbez. Uh, and then they fight yeah, the Emperor. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Seven out of ten RPGs are a retelling of uh, Star Wars. Mm-hmm. So, so fun fun. St- Fun little story. We had a friend who uh, dated a, a girl named Golnaz, <laughs> and we always called her. We, we called her. We called her, Gol- her Golbez. We called her Golbez. I don't think she was amused. Uh, <laughs> Golbez is think a she good knew character. What we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, he is. Um, so it's a term of endearment. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So that was alex's number six mike yeah but six. Real, real quick real yeah. quick uh i only rent i never owned this title i only ever rented it like oh. every every week so <laughs> oh, it took man. it took me forever to beat it but so i guaranteed <laughs> that it was always available for rent i would hide the bucks yep. behind a shittier yep. super nintendo game <laughs> I've done yeah, that. Like, yeah super widget or something it's like behind bubsy yeah oh yeah <laughs> what could possibly go wrong hey alex did you did you manage to keep your save data on the rental? Oh yeah, dude. Oh high hell yeah. Five. <laughs> I have a, yeah. a freaky story about that some other time. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, Mike, your number six. My number six is one of the um, one of the few games that made me cry. And that was Mother Three. Mm. First of all, spoiler: Earthbound is ahead on this list. I, uh, when it was announced that Earthbound 64 was coming back as a GBA game, I was like, oh my God, amazing. And then mm-hmm. Nintendo was like, eh, we're not gonna, we're not gonna bring it over. Suckers. And that, yeah. And then two years after it came out, some really dedicated, uh, translators and, and, um, and, uh, map hack people. Yeah. This game was really hard to hack. And uh, but professional translators did the translation and it was a beautiful experience mm. and it had top notch GBA uh, uh, pixel art where they, they like they, they kept the typical to the mother series. It looked simple and cartoony, but on mother three in particular, they added a ton of animation. So there was so much character on these little simple character designs. And uh, the story was very different and really deep and it had a beautiful ending okay yeah i, n- I never have gotten around to that oh okay is. well then that's not my number six <laughs> 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 I mean, is this, has anybody else played the 
Earthbound 3? I have not. I have to. I do have to actually get around to playing them because I know they're great. I've started, you know, some just to check them out, and they're always fun. I just got to, you know. You can skip Earthbound 0. It was good for 19, the NES one. It was good for 1989, okay. but uh, I played it, I think, twice. It has not aged very well. Mm. <laughs> mm. Okay. All right. What about you, Damien? Uh, number six, Final Fantasy VI. Ooh. I was really hoping Dang. someone would have Final Fantasy VII on number seven, but this is good enough. <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to miss <laughs> all of the opportunities, so this one does align. <laughs> Uh, the stars do align for this one. Um, that's FF6. That I could do that. That's several podcasts <laughs> to try and encapsulate <laughs> all the things I love on FF6. But, Wait, but I look like a waiter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, there's. Oh, I, one thing I, I was actually thinking of when it was mentioned earlier. I think Mike had, had spoken about how. Uh, game music can be operatic in some sense. Certainly no more so than in Final Fantasy VI. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> yes. The, the, it's so fucking... So good. Epic. And I mean... The mode seven scaling of rotation on full effect on the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. Yes. There, oh yes. hell yeah! Fuck blast processing, <laughs> dude. Even when you're just even when you're just walking around, the little yes. tilt on the ground. Ah, oh, so good. No, it was yeah. It's the Amano artwork, the Uematsu soundtrack, the characters. I mean, are just amazing. Science, one of my all time favorites, and. It's a great. I mean, Kefka, one of the also just an all timer as far as villains go. Him yep. kicking the emperor off the side of the. Oh, <laughs> oh my god! No. Is, oh, that was awesome. It's so awesome. He just <laughs> shoving him off the side, and uh, very. You do see this at times, so I don't want to say it's entirely novel, and certainly it's happened since then. But to me, playing it, the idea that the bad guy would essentially just win was pretty shocking and like he goes about yeah. this master plan and it works he destroys the world and you have to wake up in the world of, of ruin essentially and try to find oh, your way out so of there cool. uh, oh. it's mind-blowing so there's a, a, a million things i like about the game the, the the from the roster to the soundtrack to the graphics to the the, the core gameplay tons of cool secrets like uh go go and umaru and stuff there's it's just so much replayability uh mm -hmm. it's a game that had a huge impact on me. So I would put that at six. Okay. Uh, at the risk of, uh, <laughs> digressing super far in here question for everybody. Um, I just posted me at a, uh, uh, after work event. Um, who, who would you say is the main character of final fantasy? Oh, it's, it's, well, Tara is the central character. There's that, but that is different. Cause they, they, when they developed it, they said we're making a game w with no main character. Yeah. But she is the central character because I did the uh, the CES challenge. Did you guys ever do that? You no, only that? you you do the world of ruin with only the mandatory characters. So you get Celis, Edgar, and fucking Setzer. Setzer's... And then you beat the game with those with that Not bullshit good. roster. Like I, I mean, the first do you get, do you the get first Setzer two, I... and his orchestra? 
Uh, no, no, you absolutely do not do that. No. Uh, and so, of course, when you're doing the three paths on Kefka's Tower, it's one person per path. Right. But here's but here's the thing where it's like I, I always I could make the argument on its own that Terra's the central character, but once you get there with only those three characters, Terra senses that you guys need her help and flies over. Oh, I because she, because oh, wow. she has to be there at the ending when magic has gone away because she is the central character. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. I I argue from like But there's no main character cuz that keeps shifting. I argue from driving the narrative that it would be a toss up between Terra and Selyse. Yes, 100%. Well, yeah. Sure. Um, yeah, yeah. And and I do think it was cool that they were both like in in 19 and they kind of I mean Fantasy Star was doing this well before uh Final Fantasy, but the, to have uh, women basically drive the the plot here mm-hmm. it was kind of novel at the time. Yeah, and looking really back, it was also cool. Characters. It was also cool that like uh, Tara didn't have any boyfriend stuff going on. It was just her. Right. They. I mean, they yeah. kind of get into a little bit of that with with Celise and, Locke. and Locke. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, but I think that that's mostly like just kind of sweet. Like they didn't push like the the romance angle too hard there. No, I mean everything Locke goes through trying to get Phoenix to resurrect his girlfriend oh, is, is yeah, insane. Yeah, yeah. So they handled that well. Yep. I should dress up as Bannon for Halloween. Just toss that. <laughs> you should dress up as Bannon for every day. Throw blue glitter <laughs> yeah, on yeah, people. Yeah, why do I need to wait for Halloween? Yeah, that's true. You don't need Halloween's permission. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Grown man. Do whatever you want. Okay. Okay. So, to all the amazing Hans Shot First podcast listeners, thank you for listening this far, and really, thank you for listening in general. There was so much we wanted to talk about in this episode that it went a little long. In order to make sure that you can enjoy it to its fullest, we've decided to break this one up into two parts, because there are no Spoonie Bards around here, as far as we're concerned. Thanks once again for listening, everyone. We at Hans Shop First would like to thank you for listening and supporting the podcast. We would love to hear from you, so feel free to contact us on Facebook and Twitter at Hans Shop First. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are greatly appreciated and help us get more exposure. Once again, thanks for listening and supporting the podcast. <laughs>